This is The Podlight, a podcast by San Jose Spotlight dedicated to independent political and business reporting. I'm your host, editor Nick Preciado. On today's show, we're discussing COVID infections at San Jose schools, as well as a vote of no confidence in the county sheriff. School started a few weeks ago in San Jose, meaning kids are back in the classroom for instruction. And while districts are taking COVID safety precautions, such as requiring students to wear masks and staff to show proof of vaccination, several districts are already reporting COVID infections. Here to talk more about this is reporter Tron Nguyen. Hey, Tron. Hi, Nick. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. So, Tron, how many infections have happened in San Jose schools so far? So, it's difficult to say right now. Um, We have asked the county public health department for data for a more comprehensive um, picture of what has been happening in the county um, as well as San Jose um, as all schools are required to report all cases to the county. Um, and we're still waiting on that. But as of now, both schools have shared their data with us um, via interview requests or through their COVID-19 dashboard, um, track, tracking dashboard. Um, and what we're seeing is that with the three largest school districts in San Jose, there have been around 122, uh, uh, around 120 cases so far. Um, with that, so right now we're seeing the highest case number in Eastside um, High School District, um, which reported 47 cases among students and five among staff. Um, we are seeing this higher number because they started a little bit earlier than the other two school districts, which are Allenbrock and San Jose Unify. San Jose Unify is actually the largest school district in San Jose um, and in the county uh, with 30,000 students and more than 4,000 staff, I believe. And they have seen around, they reported 21 cases in the first five days of school and have averaged about five cases um, so far, every day, per day so far. Uh, Alan Brock has reported 21 cases as of yesterday. Um, so, but almost all school districts in San Jose have reported um, some COVID-19 cases. Okay. And what are school administrators saying about these positive infections? So these are fairly low number um, compared to the amount of students in these three districts. Um, School officials have credited um, the high vaccination rate, not only among their staff, but only but also um, among residents in San Jose and in Santa Clara County in general um, that really help protect uh, students and other staff member from getting infected. Um, in San Jose Unify and in Eastside, um, they also are asking students and school employees to keep their masks on, not only indoors, but outdoors. So these multiple layers of protection um, is really contributing to the low number of cases. I see. And what are parents saying about this? Are parents concerned that their kids could catch COVID at school? Um, I think that's the biggest concern for all parents, um, not only in San Jose, but in Santa Clara in general. Um, We have seen a lot of concerns um, on Nextdoor. Um, We've seen a lot of um, anecdotal evidence of um, 
infections and um, in some cases outbreaks um, in Oak Grove school districts. We have reached out to the school district to ask for these numbers and ask for clarification um, because just from anecdotal evidence, we've seen that COVID has hit at least six elementary schools in this district, one middle school and one other high school. Um, the district is working on its dashboard and will publish this data soon. Um, but definitely it's a issue for a lot of parents, especially those with kids under 12 um, who are not eligible for vaccination. Um, in one case, uh, parent Sandra Sanchez um, with three kids in Oak Grove School District. Um, two of her kids uh, was exposed to a COVID infection and she had to had her whole family tested um, out of fear. So it's definitely an ongoing situation. Final question here. Is there a possibility that schools could close down again and switch to distance learning like what happened last year? School, it's, I think it's always a possibility for school to um, close down if infections started to be, I guess, out of control. Um, but as of now, the data is not suggesting that infections are causing outbreaks um, in any of the schools in San Jose. Um, with San Jose Unified specifically, um, they said that they are pretty confident with the data that they have and with the protocols that they have in place to protect students and school employees. Um, the president of the teacher union also said with 95% of teachers being vaccinated, um, right now their biggest, biggest concern is with their students. San Jose Spotlight is a community-supported, nonprofit news organization fueled by readers and listeners like you. You can support our work by becoming a sustaining member with a monthly or annual donation on our website, sanjosespotlight.com. Santa Clara County Sheriff Lori Smith has faced calls to resign in recent weeks over her office's management of the county jail system related to a few high-profile incidents involving inmates. Earlier this week, county leaders voted unanimously to say they have no confidence in the sheriff. Joining me now to talk more about this is senior reporter Eli Wolf. How's it going, Eli? It's good. How are you, Nick? Good. So, Eli, give us a bit of background here. How did we get to this no-confidence vote at the Board of Supervisors meeting this week? Sure. So it started um, a, a couple weeks ago when Supervisors Joe Simidian and Otto Lee uh, basically asked the board to consider requesting that various state and federal agencies investigate a slew of issues uh, involving the management of the county jail by uh, Sheriff uh, Lori Smith. And uh a few of these issues dealt with corruption or alleged corruption and lack of transparency, um, but probably the single biggest focus of the uh, uh, requested investigations is the treatment of mentally ill inmates in the jail system. Um, since 2015, there have been three high-profile incidents where inmates were uh, uh, with mental illnesses were injured or killed. Um, all three of those incidents turned into lawsuits over uh, alleged negligence by the sheriff's department, and two of them ended in multi-million dollar settlements. Um, so uh, since the board approved that referral, there's been growing pressure to get rid of Smith. Um, Mayor Sam Licardo said that she should step down, and we actually saw a protest outside the county jail last weekend where activists were calling for Smith to resign and for the jail to close. 
So that that's sort of what brings us here. Oh, thank you for breaking that down. Now, what exactly does this vote of no confidence mean for the sheriff? So practically speaking, the no confidence vote doesn't change a lot. Um, Smith still keeps her job, but the vote is being sent to all the agencies that the board has asked to investigate Smith in her office. And um, it really creates a lot more pressure on her by sending a public message to Smith's constituents that... Uh, you know, the board has lost confidence in her ability to carry out her job. Um, Supervisor Smidian also noted that the no confidence vote is necessary in his eyes because uh, the various investigations that the board has requested could take, you know, three to four years to complete. So it seems like what he's hoping here is that this will prompt Smith to leave office uh, uh, in the nearer future. Yes, and she is up for re-election next year. The sheriff actually spoke at the meeting earlier this week, that Board of Supervisors meeting, and she lambasted county supervisors for placing uh, the systemic jail issue on her without acknowledging their own failures or the role that they've had to play in this with what's been happening with the jail. We have a clip here. Let's listen to what she had to say. I began saying to you that mental health people should be in hospital. The county jail should not be used as a mental health hospital, which is what the board has asked of me. You tasked me with being your Band-Aid. Now you're placing blame, not taking responsibility. Um, Joe apparently needs to find a person to blame for inadequacies and instead of addressing the real problem, the the root cause of the problem. You are responsible first, you are responsible first acknowledging there's a problem and then understanding that you must deal with the problem. It's a public health crisis, not a criminal justice crisis. But instead you're placing blame. How does that help? Where do we go from here? Now, I'd like to focus on something that she brought up. She says that this isn't a criminal justice crisis, it's a public health crisis. It seems like she feels the blame is unfairly being placed on her and her office because they're responsible for the management of the jail. But to that point, the county is also responsible for the jail. And given that some of these high-profile incidents happened over the last few years, it's a little surprising that this is happening now in what's essentially the start of an election cycle. Yeah, the timing is definitely interesting. And, you know, Smith at various points during uh, yesterday's meeting uh, you know, said that she, the buck stops with her, that she didn't want to play the blame game, but, uh, she definitely was suggesting at various points that the, you know, there is accountability to be shared for the mismanagement of the jail when it comes to, uh, mentally ill, uh, mentally ill inmates and that, uh, you know, some of that accountability should rest with the board of supervisors. Um, so it's, it's interesting that she's raising these issues now. It's also interesting that the county is sort of laser focused on this issue right now. Um, and I suspect we are going to hear more from both sides uh, before you know the election comes up. Definitely. This is far from over. And I mean, those investigations haven't even happened yet. And I mean, we'll be reporting on that. But I think as Joe Simidian said, that can take two, maybe three years to even finish those. Um, now... At the meeting, members of the public also spoke. What did they have to say about the sheriff and this vote of no confidence? So it's sort of an interesting twist. A lot of the people who spoke up during the meeting um, actually supported what Smith had to say, um, specifically about the fact that the county jail isn't an appropriate place to send mentally ill people and that the sheriff's office and its staff shouldn't be responsible for treating them. Um, but you know, a lot of these folks who were speaking, uh, up also supported the no confidence vote because 
Uh, they believe that Smith should be held accountable for the failures that led to mentally ill people suffering in the jails. Um, you know, one of the big exceptions here was Paula Canny, who is an attorney who uh, has represented two inmates who sued the county over injuries that they sustained in custody. Um, she's spoken in defense of Smith on at least one previous occasion, um, and she spoke up again during this week's meeting, uh, basically saying that this is a countywide failure and that blaming Smith individually really misses the point. Um, the point being, I guess, that, you know, uh, mentally ill people should not be uh, sent to jails and to a certain extent, Smith is not responsible for them winding up there. Right. Now, I, I want to touch on this um, as we're winding things down here. Mental health is a key point in all of this surrounding the sheriff and the jail. Is the county proposing any kind of structural or procedural changes with the jail system while they wait for these investigations? Yeah, and there's definitely a lot of conversation around alternatives to jail in the county. Um, another thing that happened during the uh, meeting this week was that supervisors uh, Susan Ellenberg and Cindy Chavez introduced an item that uh, asked county council to essentially come up with some ideas for how to uh, improve management of the jail system, um, resize the jail population, um, but also to come up with alternatives to putting people in custody. Uh, they, they didn't go into a, a great amount of detail on this, but I imagine some of this would focus on, you know, diverting mentally ill people uh, to psychiatric treatment, um, especially, you know, they're low-level offenders. Um, a, a lot of the commenters who spoke up during the meeting are against jail, period, um, you know, uh, because of, you know, not just the issues with warehousing mentally ill people, but also because of the disproportionate impact that jails have on people of color and uh, some other reasons that have come up. Um, and, uh, there's, there's a coalition actually of organizations called care first jails last that has been really vocal about not building another jail in Santa Clara County. So there, there's also some external pressure on the board of supervisors to, uh, find alternatives to, uh, incarceration. Well, certainly, especially with those shots fired by the sheriff at the meeting, there's definitely a little more pressure on them to deal with this issue. Yes, definitely. That's it for this episode of The Podlight, a podcast produced by San Jose Spotlight, the city's first nonprofit news organization dedicated to independent reporting. I'm editor Nick Preciado. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.